0: We could never live our lives going, what if, what if, what if, because then, you know, we have miserable lives. But just appreciating the time we have together, the little things and being grateful for a one pound bunch of daffodils that he added to the grocery shop. That's, you know, that's a, a small something and it's being appreciative of those small somethings. So it's, okay, well, whilst the dinner's in the oven, shall we play a game of cards and have a chat rather than sitting on the laptop or sitting in front of the TV, not engaging in conversation, and just making sure that the time you do have left with someone is time that is well spent. Because yeah. at the end of the day, he could be with us for six months. He could be with us that, you know, they say the stubborn ones last the longest, so he's stubborn. <laughs> so you know, he could outlive us all. And at touch wood, it doesn't happen, but if I cross the road tomorrow, I could get hit by a car. So you never know, you know, who's got the most time, who's got the least time. you just got to really, really appreciate who we have in our lives and what we can do with them at the moment in time.
1: Hello and welcome to the Women of the Future podcast, a podcast made in collaboration with the Women of the Future programme, a platform built to unlock a culture of kindness and collaboration among leaders, as well as support and celebrate the successes of women. I'm Kim Rowell and I won the media category at their awards in 2018, in recognition of my continued work as a commissioner, producer, and children's author, particularly within the mental health remit. I'll be talking to my guests on this podcast about their careers, who or what gave them their first big break, their successes, failures, and inspirations along the way, and how they came to be a part of the Women of the Future Network. Georgina Roberts has represented Wales and Great Britain at Olympic Trap Shooting since she was just 17 years old. As an ambassador for the Mintridge Foundation and British Shooting, she has found her passion lies in helping others to achieve their goals. Determined to rewrite and change public perceptions, as well as the gender-based stereotypes associated to shooting, Georgina has a steady focus on taking her sport to new levels, with her sights set on shooting at the 2024 Paris Olympic Games. Currently running her own British shooting talent hub at Mendip Shooting Ground, Georgina is the development coach for the Talent Academy. With her own achievements already gaining her nationwide recognition through media coverage, including in The Telegraph, the British Association for Shooting and Conservation and Clay Shooting Magazine, Georgina was also the recipient of the Woman of the Future Award in the Sport category in 2019 for her contribution to shooting.
0: So I... I was born and raised in north wales in a tiny little village in the middle of nowhere my dad's a farmer my mum's a head teacher so very very normal upbringing i remember always slightly being the odd one out at school so I've, I've always been involved with shooting and dad's farming background means that he's always had some kind of relationship with shooting and uh, being at school that was very weird to know someone who was into shooting and was a bit strange and I was definitely the odd one out but it was something that my mom's quite a, a fierce lady and so she definitely taught me to own it and, and keep your head held high and so I did and embraced it and I started thriving off being the odd one out which um, has actually been very very beneficial for me later on down the line and later on in life especially now when I'm trying to really make a career out of it it's been yeah very very helpful.
1: So did you then manage to enjoy school or you say being the odd one out did it take you a while to get your head around why you stood out and I think I mean I went to school in North Devon which again is quite a rural location and I suppose I did know a few people who were lived on farms and were into shooting and things like that but like you say you were more the exception to the rule so did you find school a challenge or did you enjoy it and what kind of
0: subjects did you like? I loved school and I know people say now enjoy it whilst you're there because it's the best time of your life. And I remember thinking at the time, like, no, this is awful. Um, but it happened, <laughs> like, yeah, I could go back to school. Um, and um, yeah, I, I loved school. I, well, I say loved loved as much as you can love going to school. I love sports, So I tried every sport that you could ever imagine. I was very much not a tomboy, but I just I just loved. But I was still into I getting my eyelashes done, having a nice manicure. Your nails look but very just, nice, very nice nails there. I've got my own gel kit, so oh. I just um, oh. managed to keep nice nails throughout, um, throughout lockdown, <laughs> thankfully. But yeah, so every different sport that I could have tried, I did try. And again, the odd one out, because I think a lot of the girls that I was at school with didn't want to um, get sweaty or didn't want to mess up their hair or let their foundation run if they got a bit warm. And so, again, I was the odd one out in in that respect. But sport's something that really fuels me, so I was never going to hold back when it came to that. But I was never bullied. I was never teased or anything like that. But people were just aware that I was different. And it kind of came with a label of being posh or a snob because shooting can sometimes seem to be elitist, which isn't the case at all. And so... You know, I know who I am. If you want to assume that I'm someone different to that, then that's on you rather than being on me. So you kind of, just at least my, my close friends know who I am and what I'm about, so that's all that matters to me, really.
1: You sound really level-headed, and that's quite refreshing, really. And I wanted to ask you, because you were saying, like you, it was your dad who introduced shooting to you,
0: but when did you realise that you were actually quite good at it? Um, so quite early on. I went to like a charity have a go day with my dad. And there was like a beginner's have a go stand, which was run by a lady called Katie Carroll and her dad Royston. Um, And Katie shot for Team GB at the time at Olympic trap shooting. And I picked up a gun and I shot a few plays and I, I hit them all and she was very impressed and thought that I had a lot of natural talent. And so her dad invited me to one of her training days and really introduced me to the competitive side of clay shooting and the, the doors that it could open for me and where it could take me, which is essentially, it could take me to the Commonwealth Games, it could take me to the Olympics. And that's something I'd got really no idea about and to have my eyes open like that was just amazing. And it really gave me the bug really got addicted to it then uh, and wanting to excel at it and get better and go to all of these amazing events and her dad became my first coach and introduced me very slowly up the um, different levels of competitions and things like that which I was very very grateful for but I've never looked back since so after he kind of took me under his wing I started shooting English Skeet and then within three months I was shooting for my county which is Cluid because they go off the old county system in Wales when it comes to shooting and then went on six months to shoot for Wales and then the next year I changed disciplines and started shooting Olympic trap which is what I shoot now uh, and what she was representing at Great Britain at when I met her yeah so I've, I've gone on to shoot for Wales and Great Britain and Olympic trap ever since. It's quite
1: extraordinary and you mentioned there that they identified in you that you had a natural ability do you think when it comes to excelling or being an elite sport person you do have to have an element of natural ability or can it be learned if you really apply
0: yourself what do you think? Uh, This is actually a topic that really fascinates me so I, I think you know natural talent always helps but If you really want to excel at something, it's skill, determination and drive and the mindset that is going to get you there rather than having natural talent, because natural talent can only get you so far. And if you don't apply yourself truly to something, then your natural talent will dry up far sooner than someone else's drive and mindset. And so it absolutely would be beneficial to have natural talent as well as that mindset. Mm because Um, the two two married together would be the perfect storm right absolutely absolutely
1: so is there a standout moment or I mean you already mentioned a couple of people that are really intrinsic in your life but that you would say has helped mold your interests and allowed you to carry on doing what you're doing and to help clear a pathway
0: for you or to inspire you as a, a leading light in this area yeah. Do you know what? I'm very fortunate that I have met so many people who have really, really had an impact on my journey and still do. And I would say there's probably three or four people who have really stood out for me, not just in my shooting career, but in my personal brand, so to speak. One of those ladies has also won a Women of the Future Award and her name is Alex Wallace big fan of Alex yeah yes and so she has opened so many doors for me and created so many opportunities for me and from those opportunities I've gone on to do a lot for my sport and raise a profile of shooting and get shooting into media outlets that have never talked about shooting before which has been incredible and there have also been coaches that I've had mentors that I've had through shooting through Christian Schofield he started off as one of my first Olympic trap coaches and we fought like cat and dog. We, hated <laughs> um, we had moments when we were best friends, but we just didn't get on as coach athlete. And he's now my mentor. And five, six years later, we're the best of friends, a really cemented relationship, no fighting, um, no swearing at each other. But just, he really helps me build myself up in terms of, the mindset and the sports psychology resources that I might need and he really holds me accountable for things which I think is something that I've only very recently started to appreciate and it's okay I've got this plan this is what I'm working on but how am I going to hold myself accountable for delivering that plan how am I going to make sure that I'm going to deliver that plan for every single target that I'm going to shoot today if I'm going to shoot 150 200 targets And having him there asking me questions and saying, okay, well, what are you going to do next? And just in that moment makes you stop and think, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, I I need to do this and I need to do that. And to really get the most out of each training session because it's very easy to just switch off and let yourself subconsciously shoot. Um, But in order to keep working on technique and making sure that you're going to be the best in the world, you need to be able to go, and focus on that process every single time to make the most out of it
1: do you think the discipline that you've got from sport and being able to obviously hone and focus in on your craft has helped you with imposter syndrome because it's something that women are always more regularly associated with but looking into you and your work it seems that you're remarkably confident and I'm pretty sure that's not a facade I'm pretty sure that's who you are I mean, there was something that said, I shoot Olympic trap. I'm going to take over the world, which is fantastic, first and foremost. (laughs) But also you do campaign in the areas like shooting is not just an activity for men smoking cigars and pulling a trigger, having a glass of whiskey afterwards. But do you get imposter syndrome or do you think the discipline of your sport has helped you to override that in your own mind? Um, It's a weird one. I
0: have never when I... In, in shooting I've never had imposter syndrome everyone has been so lovely and so welcoming it's other situations I find myself in that I felt like an imposter so for example at the Women of the Future Awards that <laughs> was when I had major imposter syndrome and when I went to um, we had a, a Women's Sports Trust Unlocked program launch in Manchester in BBC Media City last year which was amazing and it was full of some incredibly inspiring women from all different walks of life, all different sports, coaches, athletes, retired athletes, up-and-coming athletes. It was fantastic. And I was, I thought to myself, wow, okay, I don't see myself as being at the same level as these people. These things, mm. these people have done amazing things. And I and I remember sitting there on that sofa going, okay, and, and challenging myself. And I said to myself, okay. You've got thirty seconds because they were going to start asking questions. I said you've got thirty <laughs> seconds to put your brave face on and really fake that you're confident and you know who you are and you deserve to be here. And then the questions started coming. I was like, okay, just pretend. Just you just need five minutes of looking like you're the most confident person in the world, mm. and then it breaks the ice. People think you're confident, and so will then come to you. And you don't have to go to people; yeah. they, they naturally get drawn towards you. And I remember starting answering the questions and getting involved with things. And when you just break the ice a little bit with yourself, it becomes so much more easier to enjoy it and relax and naturally want to do that. Mm. Um, And Karen Barnes, in one of the um, Manchester City, she's a goalkeeper for Manchester City ladies. And she came over to me afterwards and she was like, me I really wish I had your level of confidence and I was just like and I was answering those questions I was literally shaking <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's literally how people perceive different things and then because then people were drawn to me like I had a wonderful day and it's just that was a really big moment for me and learning more about myself and how I was going to be able to get the most out of myself and my personality mm. and so, I just, every time I'm in an uncomfortable situation where I know I have to put my big girl pants on, I'll go, right, okay, let's get back into that mindset and try and make that happen again and recreate that. And since I've managed to find myself in some incredible positions Mm. with some incredible opportunities, that being able to do that has really benefited me.
1: Do you think it's about being in your comfort zone? Because shooting is your bread and butter, like you say, but when you go and you kind of promote it or you promote your mentoring or, or the training and coaching work that you do, that's maybe a little bit less comfortable for you. So do you think it's about pushing the boundaries? Because that's how you develop, isn't it? That's how your personality develops. That's how you develop career-wise. Do you think it's it is about being in your comfort zone and being pushed out of it?
0: Absolutely. So the only way that you're going to extend your comfort zone is by pushing yourself out of it and then doing that again and again and again. So eventually your circle gets slightly larger. And definitely, and I think it's also really difficult when, and it comes back to being a leader or a sheep or a follower. And there's not really that many people within shooting who have really pushed the boat out there when it comes to promoting shooting for women and for young people getting involved in the sport and really having a larger outreach and working hard in, in regards to that, not just their own performance. And I think sometimes it's easier if I've been doing it for other things and someone's done it before you, you've kind of got something to follow through and someone to go to advice. How did you do it? But within shooting, there's not, especially within the Olympic disciplines, there's not really anyone who's done the media side of things and tried to promote the sport quite as much and trying to find those opportunities and mix with new people that might be able to help me do that has been very, very scary. Um, But again, it's pushing out of the comfort zone and, and seeing the results of it and, being recognised and winning the Women of the Future Award for sport. What a fantastic bit of recognition and, and just drives you a little bit further on to the next thing. And yeah, the praise that you get for doing it makes it worth it. And obviously the feeling you get inside is warm and fuzzy, it's brilliant. But it's hard when there's no one to follow, but you, you, have, to, you have to keep doing it because the sport is so big um, it's so important to me and I want to make sure that people, that the next generation of shooters and the people in the future have the same opportunities as me. And if not, if, if I can create more opportunities for them, then absolutely I will do that. But I want to ensure that the sport continues to stay in the Commonwealth Games and the Olympic Games and that people can still go and do those things. Um, and it's by promoting it and getting it out there more, in more positive light, that we're going to be able to ensure that it does stay.
1: Blazing a trail for others. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that double trap was actually taken out of the Olympics because of equality. There was no women's event, so they got rid of the men's as well. But a little birdie told me that you're in
0: training for the Olympics. Is that right? Not Japan, but Paris. Yes. So I shoot Olympic trap. So double trap, yes, was taken out of the Olympics. They had the men's event and the women's event. The women's numbers dwindled, and because there wasn't enough participation in, in the women's double trap, they removed the event and then Ah, down the line, they then said, well, because there's no female equivalent, the men's got to go because we've got to have equal participation, which was very upsetting for shooting, obviously, because we then weren't really given an opportunity. Because I know that because the women in in shooting are so passionate about it, if we were given the opportunity to have the women's double trap back in the Olympics, people would have gone across disciplines and trained for both just to ensure that that shooting discipline remains in the Olympic Games. And so, yes, I'm training for Olympic traps for Paris 2024. But yes, the double trap was removed because of an equality issue. So how do you train for an Olympic
1: Games? What does a day look like? And I'm imagining no two days are the same. So maybe what does a week look
0: like? Or how do you train as an Olympian? Particularly in a pandemic, I guess, as well. Yeah, so with the elite sport and shooting, we have been able to continue So we have been able to keep training. We've had no competitions, which has been slightly more difficult, but the world-class program has been able to continue going on training camps. So at the minute I'll do what a two week looks like. (laughs) I've got, that's kind of my program. So on the world-class program, we're doing a five-day training camp every other week. So I'll have Monday, Tuesday off from shooting, and then I'll shoot Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then the next rotation, so the week two, would be Monday off. And then I'd be on an individual training camp Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday with my other half who also shoots. He's an Olympic bronze medalist. So we go and do our own like individual training away on a, on a smaller ground and work on the things that we've been training on throughout the world class program camp we'll go and hone in on those things Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and shoot kind of a mini competition in between ourselves because we've got no other competitions on and just keeps us who wins and um, it changes yeah it that's changes. good that's it's good yeah they say it's really really good but if you're going to put money on a shoot-off and you gal. Of the put <laughs> Um, and he he knows it we always put bets like cream eggs I'm a sucker for a cream egg so we'll we'll put a bet on for cream egg and I've won up quite a few of them (laughs) amazing Um, yeah um and then yeah so because we haven't got competitions having that little competition in the week with him is just a brilliant way to keep our mindsets in the right place
1: fun as well I guess Yeah, yeah
0: absolutely so just just so we can hit the ground running when competitions start again and then I'd have the Friday Saturday Sunday off and then back on the world class program the following week but in between in between the actual shooting I'll be doing like strength and conditioning I'm, I'm training for a marathon at the moment as well so I'm doing some long distance running just yeah. in your spare
1: time <laughs>
0: yeah yeah wow. and it sounds quite extreme but training for a marathon is that is developing my mindset which is really making a difference to my shooting because running is probably one of the hardest things I've ever done I couldn't run 200 meters two years ago I was puffing and out of it and I was not interested. And now I'm doing running about 20 miles and in training in a, in a session ready for this marathon. And it's just like, you just need to get to that tree. You just need to get to that next car. You just need to get here and all these mini goals. Yeah. Adding up, adding up. And then all of a sudden you run 20 miles. and That's it's quite so, remarkable. It's very satisfying. Um, but yeah, it's been life-changing for my shooting, having that mindset and developing a growth mindset and mm. um, running is just the perfect outlet for me to really push myself like that so there's lots of things that go on in the backgrounds like vision training make, trying to strengthen up my eye muscles to make sure I'm going to react to targets better hand eye coordination so but that's you know throwing and catching and little games that you can do like that yeah there's, there's a lot that goes on in the background and then you've got sports psychologist sessions and nutrition sessions and another way that I actually like to train and develop is by coaching so I learn from helping educate others and especially because people learn in so many different ways right and I've, I've been there and done that so I've had coaches talk at me and say do you get what I mean and i have said, yes blank look through the eyes I've got no mm. idea what you're talking about I just want you to stop talking if you want. <laughs> um, and so I, because I've been there and done that I can see that look in athlete's eyes so I'm like that's okay I know that you don't understand me let me try and explain it a different way so there's only so many different ways you can explain something and when you are explaining it in those different ways then you really start to internalize what the words that you're saying are meaning or whether that's you know I've, I've worked with people who have really struggled with words so it's taking photos and using videos and comparing the two or watch how I do it or yeah watch how this person is going to do it now you try it and doing like in comparison videos this is what I'm doing this, this, is what you're doing. This is what I mean. And then they see it like that rather than just you talking or writing it down for them. And when it, it when you go through that process with someone, you really take on board what you're saying and you buy into it more. And again, it's something that holds me accountable. So if I'm telling you to keep still when you're holding for a target, I then cannot go onto a stand and not hold for a target. I have got to do as I'm exposing to other people. Um, because I don't want to look like a massive hypocrite and that's one reason why I'm, I love coaching so much I love helping other people but you know in a selfish way I, I get so much out of it for my own performance as well it's finding the affinity or having an affinity with the person
1: you're training right it's like you were saying about language or terminology or whether that's visual or it's how you speak or the words that you use it's just finding that common ground that gets through to them to get
0: the desired outcome yeah absolutely absolutely and everyone does learn in different ways. So it's just making sure that they get the message. So across all of
1: the work that you've done and continue to do, is there one thing in particular that stands out for
0: you or that you're particularly proud of? Um I yeah, there's a couple of things. So shooting wise, I would say that I won my first senior international grand prix, literally the month before we had the pandemic. Um, So yeah. First couple of months of 2020 I won my first gold medal I kind of went into the final as a massive underdog that was just finding their way through and no one really expected anything of me and I basically just remember almost like fighting for my life basically as I was shooting oh. I was like you can do this you can do this you can do this you can do this and the feeling because I didn't realize that I'd won like by the end of it because it was down like down to like sudden death between me and a leader called Mopsy from Finland, and I remember forgetting which position I was on the range, and I was like, "Oh, never mind." Oh, Mopsy, you did so well. And Marco, who is our GB coach, was refereeing, and he was like, because he could hear my, yeah, he could yeah. hear me making a fool of myself. He was like,
1: "No, no, 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 no you no, no. Won. You, won. You, know, you won."
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like. Oh, my goodness. And I remember just this fantastic feeling that I just can't even explain. And I remember trying my best not to cry. Um, A little bit of
1: everything like relief, elation, surprise, all the hard work and everything.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that was my first real taste of what is yet to come. And since then, obviously, we've been able to train for a long time. And I'm in a much better position now than I was then. And to be able to win an international Grand Prix as I was, it just makes me more excited about the future and the competitions that are gonna come this year because I'm in such a stronger position now. So yeah, that's fantastic. And, and then the other one that's not really, it's still shooting related, but just in terms of personal brand and recognition for things that I've been doing is winning women of the future award because there is a lot that goes on behind closed doors and it's like the tip of the iceberg so the success is the small bit of the iceberg that you see on top and there's a whole mound of ice underneath the water that no one else can see and so all of that goes into everything that I do for British shooting for the shooting as a sport and for women in shooting and for everyone to recognize that in in such a huge way that was really emotional for me and something that I'm really proud of because at the end of the day when I look back and I'm 70 years old, no one can take that away from me. I was recognised. I did all this work and I was recognised and I was given this award. So, yeah, that's something I'm so, so proud of. So moving on from the award,
1: how did you first hear about the Woman of the Future programme and what inspired you to get involved with that
0: programme in particular? So, again, coming back to Alex Wallace, I'm an ambassador for her charity the Mintridge Foundation and I'm very much a yes person so if I think that you know there's an opportunity then I'm all for it and I'm quite a positive person so I'm really good at making all this could be positive in this way or this way or this way or this could have a huge impact here and so everything that she's ever offered up to the ambassador I've I've kind of ripped with both hands and gone yes please I'll have some of that (laughs) Uh, and really grabbed it by the horns and made the most out of it and so she invited me to some of the ambassador events and I got to meet so many different amazing people and I remember her signaling out pinky over the one side of the room and she said that's the lady that found her. you know she's the bee's knees I was like oh wow okay and I made a beeline for her I was like right I'm going to go and introduce myself and we had a, a wonderful conversation and I had a photo taken with her actually and she said to me we exchanged business cards and said you must apply for this by the way and i was like oh i was like not something that even crossed my mind and she said you've led such an incredible life at such a young age you absolutely must apply for the sports award and i was like because i didn't realize that you could self-nominate yeah, yeah yeah and it's one of those things that you don't really want to do because maybe do i look arrogant do i look really self-centered and I was like, well, she said I should. So I'm endorsed, endorsed. Yeah. yeah. And that's something you're never ever supposed to admit that you've done. I self-nominated her I don't think it's a bad thing. <laughs> I
1: don't think it's a bad thing at all. I think, like you say, you work hard and Pinky pointed you in the right direction, as did Alex. And, and I think you should put yourself forward, otherwise the opportunities pass you by, right?
0: No, absolutely, absolutely. And if anyone else is thinking about self-nominating me, absolutely should, because it's the best thing you could possibly do and I remember asking for references and I was getting these references back and every single one of them made me cry Mm. Um, and so that as well was something I was so proud of because it was other people recognizing the impact I'd had on them or I had a few from parents of athletes I'd been coaching and how I'd made such a positive impact on their son or daughter which was really really lovely for them to share that with me and then I've been involved as an ambassador ever since and it's a program that I'm so so supportive of because I think it just stands at all the same values that I have and it's really promoted so many incredible women and it's also encouraged other women to stand up and celebrate themselves more as well which I think is something we need to do more and more of
1: yeah absolutely I was sorry to learn, I was also doing a bit of background research before I, I spoke to you, I was sorry to learn that your dad has cancer, and I was just wondering what it's been like for you as a family through the pandemic, because I'm guessing you all had to self-isolate, or by all means tell me if it was
0: different, but
1: do you think that we can take any positive learnings as well as we try and move out of this pandemic situation?
0: Yeah, absolutely, so yeah, my, my dad's got terminal cancer, so he's got stage four cancer, and he is he's just a godsend he's one of the most brilliant men you'd ever meet in your life and you would never know that he's got terminal cancer because he doesn't act like it and he says he's so he's chosen not to self-isolate because he's very much of the mindset that I would rather be out you know farmer mindset I'd rather be out mm-hmm. and doing this that, and the other carrying on my life and enjoy my last days I don't want to catch COVID however if I do then it's my time and at least I will have continue to spend my life doing the things that I enjoy All you know, legal, obviously he's still allowed to do his mm. farming bits and bobs. But the other thing that he loves is a grocery shop. That's the highlight of his week. So <laughs> we can't take the grocery shop away from him. <laughs> <That's> um, <funny>. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so being able to do those things keeps him really happy. And so it has made us like we, you know, my mum's essential work because she's a, a teacher and I'm elite sports. So I can continue to train And so we've still been doing our own things. So we haven't had to self-isolate for him. However, it's kind of made us appreciate more the time we do have together because we could never live our lives going, what if, what if, what if, because then, you know, have miserable lives. But just appreciating the time we have together, the little things, and being grateful for a £1 bunch of daffodils that he added to the grocery shop. That's, you know that's a a small something and it's being appreciative of those small somethings. So it's okay. Well, whilst the dinner's in the oven, shall we play a game of cards and have a chat rather than sitting on the laptop or sitting in front Mm. of the TV, not engaging in conversation and just making sure that the time you do have left with someone is time that is well spent because Mm. at the end of the day, he could be with us for six months. He could be with us but you know they say the stubborn ones last the longest and he's stubborn <laughs> so you know he could outlive us all and that touch wood it doesn't happen but if I cross the road tomorrow I could get hit by a car so you never know you know who's got the most time who's got the least time you just got to really really appreciate who we have in our lives and what we can do with them at the moment in time
1: and make the most of it
0: definitely I have some quick fire questions for you just to finish. So
1: the first one, what would you describe as your greatest success? My
0: greatest success? Oh, that's such a hard question. Um, I would say it would be a gold medal at the Spanish Grand Prix in 2020. And your greatest failure? My greatest failure. I would say the one that's sticking out at the moment is missing my last target out at the last competition I shot because it cost me. So with Great Britain, we have to shoot two scores to get into the squad. And I had to shoot, to, to get. I needed to get a medal. So I needed to get into the final and win a medal as my second score for the first World Cups of this year, which they didn't go ahead because of COVID. But I missed my last target out. And if I would have hit that target, I would have been able to shoot off for the final oh, and I'm good at shoot offs. But because I missed that last target, cause I was too focused on, you just need this last target rather than sticking to my process. If I would have stuck to the process, then I would have been fine. And it has been such a great learning curve for me. So it's not even a failure. It was just a lesson. Um, it's just that it's not over till the fat lady sings and you just have to keep focusing on that process the whole way through, the whole way through. And then you just never know what's going to happen.
1: The mantra of women of the future is kindness and collaboration. What does that mean to you in both your personal
0: and professional life? It means so much, you know, especially within shooting, I'm so fortunate that I've never had any negative experiences in regards to, you know, being a woman in a man's sport. And, you know, it's not going to be a man's sport for much longer because women's numbers are rising. But one thing that I'm very, very grateful for is that everyone, men and women, have bent over backwards for me. As you know, a young junior who is very vulnerable, open to all sorts of experiences, you know, you don't really know what to expect. Everyone has been so supportive and helpful and really made my sporting career a success and just such a positive experience for me. And collaboration is something that I'm working with so many different people in in regards to work and them being able to support me and I support them because we need to be flexible with each other so my shooting can actually take place and different things. So I'm a non-executive director for the Welsh Clay Target Shooting Association and the collaboration we have there with the different grounds and the different events you've got going on. And they're really supporting you by trying to push a Young Shots Academy with them. And it's nice and it's important to me those people who I'm collaborating with to have faith in me and to trust me and because I am so young and I can really appreciate that having a 23 year old walking into an organization going I've got loads of ideas can you please help me make them happen for people to go yeah sure Hmm. is oh wow I'm like I'm so young but people have so much respect for me it's just so inspiring for me and I hope that that yeah that continues is there anything that scares you um, things that scare me so some humorous ones for you which are true so I'm, I'm not scared of the dark I'm scared of what's hiding in the dark I've watched way too many crime series on, on tv <laughs> um, and I'm scared of moths so okay, well I, yeah moths are a little bit annoying like that's the flapping. Yeah. it's the flapping isn't it yeah flapping. so I had a horrific experience when I was young on holiday I'd got like a, a mosquito net we were in France and we've got a family friends who'd got a house in Brittany and my bedroom was kind of like an attic conversion and I was on my phone at night and there was a mosquito net and then so I was on my phone obviously they're attracted to light yeah moth attracted to light flapping on the face on no. the ceiling, everywhere oh. the mosquito net down off the <laughs> ceiling, over my head so then was this moth stuck in the mosquito net with me brilliant um, and obviously everyone comes running up the stairs going, oh my goodness, um, <laughs> what happened? And I was like, there was a moth. But it, it scarred me. He's and so traumatized really- now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it's just initial reaction. When I get to see a moth, I'm like, oh my God. And, and yeah, but in all seriousness, things that scare me are Our sports struggling in the future, whether that's because of politics or um, lead and steel restrictions or people, again, not supporting guns. This scares me that that has the power to prevent us from taking part in the Olympics and taking part in Commonwealth Games. And that's why I built my personal why, which is protecting and promoting my sports, encouraging and inspiring others and striving for greatness is why I built my why. And it's why I like to align things with it so I can add value to things and things can add value to me as a person and as a shooter. And making sure that again, that anything that comes, you know, it might harm shooting as a sport, I can do everything in my power, which is gonna be relatively small in an international sport, but making sure that I use my influence and my power to do everything I can to stop that from happening so I can continue to shoot. And so other people can continue to shoot in the future what's left on your to-do list? I have a very long to-do list I've actually got a love-hate relationship with Trello so I've got um a to-do list on there which is it's broken down into deadlines priorities today's to-do list someday jobs on hold jobs and then my work for like it's very organized, organized even for a Trello board that sounds remarkably organized yes i have to operate like that because i do so many different things that i might spontaneously combust yes. if i miss any of them and um, so i'll actually i will actually tell you what's on my to do list for today. anyone that doesn't know
1: trello is like a project management type board thing isn't it and you can move the different you can move like post-it notes between different columns of things yes. that your prior. that's what it is yeah
0: yes. it's it's marvelous mm. um so i've got to write an article for play shooting magazine I've got to do my strength and conditioning work mm-hmm. and I've got to build a landing page for Money Market, who I work for in my nine to five job, um, about purchase credit cards. That's very diverse. The kind of spectrum of to do on that
1: list is quite unique, I would say. Yes, it's, it makes it interesting. Um, is, it, is that important for you to keep it varied and interesting and mix it up a little bit, keep things fresh, I guess?
0: Yeah absolutely and there's so many different things that I'm passionate about and really really enjoy doing that again all add value to me and I don't like being just stuck doing one thing I thrive off being busy and so I have to be organized because I do I do a lot of different things I've got a lot of things in a lot of different pies but I love bouncing from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing and that's when I'm at my happiest but also everything's slightly different. Like money market work is different to writing articles and I, I'm not a writer but it's just about mind I like writing about mindset and helping others like on a wider scale rather than just posting it on Facebook you know an mm. opportunity came up for me to share that with a wider audience which I was like oh brilliant yeah okay let's let's have a go at that and yeah it just keeps keeps you busy it keeps you on different things it keeps you focused from one thing to the next so one thing that I've really found this year during the lockdowns is, because I, again, do so many different things, is instead of just having a break and walking away from everything, I will do a landing page and then I'll go and do half an hour on writing an article or I'll go and do the research of writing an article and then that's my break and then I'll go back and do a bit of money supermarket work and then I'll go and do my ad workout and then I'll come back to money supermarket or my article and then I'll go mm. and do the ironing and break it all up in different ways so it's not as mundane when i've got like because that's a day off for me i say a day off that's a rest and recovery day so to speak because i'm not once i've done my run in the morning if, if i'm just at home rather than on the range and that yeah that that's how i relax
1: it's been so brilliant speaking to you thank you for taking the time out of your very varied and extremely busy routine to speak to me i really appreciate it you're so inspiring and i don't want to harp on about you being young but it's so lovely to see someone who's forging ahead and also paying it forward as well and giving back so so thank you very much for everything that you're doing
0: thank you it's been lovely chatting to you and i love i love listening to the podcast you do oh, very very I, I love them i'm always really interested in especially the stuff you're doing with like bbc that i've always stalked on linkedin <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're very kind Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Woman of the Future podcast. If you enjoyed it, please hit the subscribe button. And while you're there, why not give us a rating and review? You know you want to. For more about the Women of the Future Awards, network and initiative, please visit www.womenofthefuture.co.uk. See you soon.